It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Let's get more perspective on all of this with our next guest. Elliot Sherparks does a tremendous job for us here at WIP covering not just the Eagles, which we frequently talk to him about, but also the 76ers. Elliot brought to us by Colonial Hyundai. Today is the best day to buy a new car, Colonial Hyundai. 6500 for your trade guaranteed with rates as low as 0%. Shop them online 24-7 at ColonialHyundai.com. Our, uh, our beat reporter, Elliot Sherparks. Good morning, Elliot. Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing? Hey, pal. Doing well. Elliot, let's start Sixers, then we'll get to the Eagles with you. What is your reaction to everything related to Joel in the last week, from the injury to the waiting process to the news that it's going to be surgery to just your perspective on where it heads from here? Joel Embiid, the floor is yours. Yeah, so I think a a positive is that he's getting the surgery, right? Like, obviously, you would prefer him to not be injured at all. And, you know, seeing him go go down against Golden State, you know, there was maybe the chance he was going to be out for the year. But I do think one of the worst things that happened over this last week was the idea that he might just rehab it, try to come back in a month, you yeah. know, then kind of do the same thing he's always been doing. So I, I do like, in a, in a weird way, that he's having the surgery because I feel like it gives better chance that, that for the playoffs he, he, is, he is rested and, and healthy. But I also think that there is still a chance he might be out for the year. Like when they, when they have this surgery, they're going to decide, it seems like, in that moment, you know, based off what they're seeing from the meniscus, whether this is going to be a six- to eight-week uh, process or whether this is potentially going to be a much longer one that we go into the, to the offseason. So, you know, if, if it is the six- to eight-week one, I would still have my skepticism that we're going to get full Joel for the playoffs. But if it's that four- or five-month one, then, you, you know, you get really worried because he's somebody that uh, when he's been off his feet uh, and, you know, he, he's taken some time to get back, this would, I believe, be the most serious injury of his, of his career, at least one of the longer rehabs. So, you know, obviously upsetting for the season, but I think you also have to think about Joel's long-term impact yeah. as well, depending on how this surgery goes. You know, I wonder, Elliot, as you're talking, and, John, you might have the best sense of anyone here, does the doctor get to make that call in surgery on his own or is that pre-discussed with the team and the player beforehand? You know, if I see X, I do this. If I see Y, I do this. And one of them could be that it makes it a more comprehensive surgery, but he's then out longer. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't know. Boy, that's I, I, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes because into that I mean, question. Elliot, to your point, I mean, Adrian Wojnarowski, literally, what he wrote in the article ESPN.com, Embiid is expected to miss an extended period, but. A more precise timeline isn't expected until doctors complete the procedure, which means yeah, they got. I mean, which means they got to get in there, see and how it looks, see what they got, see how it finishes, yeah. see how they feel when it's all said and done. But the general consensus is that it's likely that this will be successful. 
it's likely that this meniscus tear, that the the next step that they take is they shave that tear off and it's basically fixed as soon as the swelling all gets flushed out of there. It it's less cushioned yeah. for the long haul, yeah. but in the here and now, it'll no longer be clunky for Joel. It'll no longer have little sporadic pains clicking and popping through. You know, it it it'll now feel solid. John, let me ask cushioned. you. Let me ask you this question. So we're interviewing Ellie, but let me ask you a question: Is this a tear that they're not willing to say is a tear? Yeah, they said it's. No, they didn't say it's a tear. Well, it's a flap of the meniscus yeah. that they have to shave off. The meniscus is torn. Elliot, if it's That's torn, why, it's why don't the Sixers just say he's got a damn tear? Dude, I mean, look, it's a great question, especially when they go into such uh, specifics on other injuries. Um, you know, they've been, I think, somewhat vague about the Joel thing. I, I mean, to, to John's point, it's a tear. Like, like, you know, the, the, the flap thing, like if you, I guess there is a level of specificity to that. But it's essentially a tear, and he's going to have surgery. But to what you, you were saying, I do, I do think it's one of the situations where, like, I don't think Daryl Morey's in the, in the surgery room with him being like, okay, do this. But I'm sure it is not up to the doctor in terms of what, what, the, what, the, um, like what he's going to do. I'm sure that they, they discuss all the options beforehand and that the team, obviously, yeah. and Joel, clearly, has some input on what they would do. Clearly, the doctor's input matters because he's the one that's going to be in there. He's the specialist and all that. But I can't imagine it's the doctor's decision. Like, he's just going to pop out of the room and be like, hey, guess what? Joel's out for five months. Right. Like, I'm sure they, they go over all these things. So, Elliot, another thing that intersects with this is that the trade deadline's Thursday. Now, we don't know if he's going to have this surgery today, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. All we know is we were told it's going to be this week. I would imagine they'd prefer to get it done before Thursday to get to ascertain how long the doctor thinks he'll be out. I never thought the Sixers were going to be in on a big trade this offseason or like or this season. I don't think it was particularly likely, but I got to imagine it becomes now dramatically less likely that they make a big trade during this season. Do you agree with that? So I, I think the reason it's less likely they make a big trade is simply because a lot of the big names are off the board. Like if we talked a month ago, OG Ananobi was someone that was, you know, a potential trade option. He's on the next. Zach Levine is something is someone that's been discussed for a long time. He now has season-ending surgery. So you look out there in terms of who would even qualify as a big move. There was some LeBron talk, but he said pretty emphatically, him and his agent, he's not being traded from Los Angeles. DeJounte Murray out of Atlanta, I still think he would make a lot of sense. But the reality is there's just maybe not many big moves to be made. But I also don't think that this Joel uh, injury should impact the trade deadline whatsoever. Oh, I disagree. Maybe – I, I well, I obviously disagree with you on that, but but I'm saying like in what way? Like, there, well, why would I give season. up two or three first round draft picks to get a guy who might come here and not play with Embiid this spring? Like, what's the because you're giving because you're giving two or three draft picks up for a player that is going to be a long term part of this team? Like, of course you wouldn't give up a player for two or three draft picks if he's only going to be a rental, right? But like Deontay, Deontay Murray is under contract beyond this year. Let's say you were to trade for let's just use LeBron, right? Or or Paul George from the Clippers. If you trade for Paul George from the Clippers, he's a free agent this offseason. But you would make that trade with the expectation you're going to resign that player. So yeah, but yeah, but Elliot, how about how about how about you don't make the trade and you just sign the guy after Tobias is off the books? And I sign LeBron James as a free agent July first, and I get to keep my and I get to keep all my first round draft picks. So, so for two reasons: one, it's harder to sign someone than it's just to trade for him. Number one, like you can just acquire him right now as opposed to having to compete for him in the free agency market. But two, if they go out and they want to sign a free agent, 
that makes it harder with their own current free agents. And I'm not talking about Tobias, because they're almost definitely not going to re-sign Tobias. But guys like Nicholas Batum, who I think has played really well. Uh, I believe Melton is a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Like, if you for the Sixers to re-sign their players and to give Maxi an extension, they can't go over the cap for another free agent. They have to essentially sign that guy first and then sign yeah. their own guy. Yeah. So it's easier to acquire that talent now. And I will also say, like, they can't punt on this season with Maxi on the roster. You can't just give up because he and just like let this team free fall. You have to get him help as well for the rest of the season. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Elliot Short Parks with us here again, covering the Sixers and the Eagles. Elliot, let's get to the birds because there's a lot to go to here. Let me start with this. And I've been posing this question to the audience all through the show. What is your reaction, Elliot, to the following three facts? Fact one, last year at this time, we're getting ready for a Super Bowl that most people thought the Eagles were going to win. Very convinced they were going to win. Fact two, now they're home, have been for weeks, and I'd say their hearts have been home for two months. And fact three, Kansas City and San Francisco are in this Super Bowl. What's your reaction to all that? My reaction is it's just disappointing how the Eagles handled success. And this isn't the first time we've seen it. 2017 to 2018, 2018 really was a disaster of a season until Full saved it at the very end and they got lucky. 2004 to 2005, you know, obviously it was the T.O. thing, but that was a disappointing season. And this season, although it obviously got off to a great start, and I think there were probably more positives this year in some ways than those two seasons I just talked about, Watching Kansas City go back to the Super Bowl really puts into perspective the poor job the Eagles did handling success this season. Because it wasn't like they were injury-riddled or anything like that. It just felt like they didn't handle it well. You look at the sideline, the things you hear about the locker room, like Sirianni at times, the things you hear about Jalen as a leader. It just feels like they dropped the ball this year. And I think that's the most disappointing thing because despite some of their issues on defense, they had a good enough team to be in this game. Like, like they, they, they were close. At least, at the very least, it, was, it should have been closer than it ended up being. So it's just disappointing the way they handled it. How important is Jalen's quarterback coach? And what's the word on this new guy, Doug Nussmeyer? Yeah, so he has a lot of experience with Kellen Moore. I think they've coached together for, for three or four years at this point. So uh, he's older than Kellen Moore, which I guess, you know, isn't hard to do considering Kellen Moore is pretty young for the job. But more experience, worked together for a long time. And, you know, it is interesting that Jalen is going to be surrounded by two new uh, new coaches this offseason. He's someone that talked about before the, the benefits of continuity, and I don't think he's alone in that. I mean, continuity makes sense around the player. But I think that, you know, these two new guys coming in, like it's going to be a very different world for Jalen next season. I think that's a positive. Like I don't think Jalen, he certainly didn't uh, take a step forward last year. Uh, he definitely, I think, regressed. So I think he needed new coaching, and I think he needed kind of a, a change there. So I think it'll be a positive to have two new guys around him. With uh, more established coordinators on offense and defense, guys with more experience, should we expect that they will be bringing in players that they like more often than what these younger coordinators did in the past? You know, mm-hmm. previously they were sort of, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of experience. Now you got yeah. guys with experience. They probably have guys they like for their scheme. 
How do the Eagles navigate this? Yeah, it's, it's a great point because both Brian Johnson and Sean Desai really didn't have a track record. I mean, Brian Johnson only ever coached in the NFL with the Eagles. Um, Sean Desai coached with Chicago as a coordinator for one year. He was with Seattle for a few years. But, you know, they, they, they didn't really have guys that, that, that they had been with for a long time. Nicholas Moreau was someone that had been in Chicago. He was brought in last year. And if you look at uh, Kellen Moore and Fangio, I think they'll definitely target guys that they have experienced with. The question is, who can those guys be? If you look on the offensive side of the ball, you know, a name I wouldn't completely rule out is Austin Eckler. Um, if they're unable to, to get a deal done with DeAndre Swift or they feel they don't want to bring him back for whatever reason, Austin Eckler has worked with Kellen Moore for a year. Um, I think he can be a much, a much better pass catching back if that's something they want to add to the offense with Kellen Moore. And I think also he's been a great goal line back, and that could really help with Jalen and the tush pushes. So, but Elliot, that so breaks the mold of what they spend on running backs. If 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 you think he's going to get a big deal, I mean, I, I don't know. Like he he's older, he's he's had injury concerns. You're right; they're not going to pay him a ton of money. But I do think if you know the market, I think is yet to be seen on what what he will cost. But the other one is Ezekiel Elliott. They they apparently had interest last year. He coached. I mean, he played a lot of years in Dallas with Kellen Moore a good veteran backup. So those are yeah. two players I'm looking on the offensive side of the ball. Jeez. Man, Zeke Elliott. That, that's real. Think I got to be that. a no. Pass not, protector, short no. yardage guy. Not because he stinks, which he does, but because he was a cowboy. He was too much of a cowboy. I don't need that. Well, the one thing Richie just said there, I think it was probably under-discussed last year. The Eagles running backs were bad from a pass protection And he is a left. great pass protector. And he, he is. very good at yes. it. So when we talk about the blitz issues, like one, one of the many issues against the blitz was they had running backs that were not good against it. And so Ezekiel would be uh, an upgrade in that department yeah. at least. All right, Elliot, final thing here. We got today's Twitter poll question of the day, and it is brought to us by Armin Chevrolet. Red tag bonus cash on every new Armin Chevrolet Equinox. It ends soon. Uh, find new roads to Armin Chevrolet. Visit ArminChevy.com. Today's question do you expect Joel Embiid to be fully healthy and able to play at his best in this year's playoffs? Yes or no? How would you vote on that one? Yeah, if I'm lucky enough to be doing this interview with you on your radio show as long as Joel's career is, I will always say no to that question. I mean, like at this point, I don't see how you can say yes. Like, you know, even if he was fully healthy today, I would say no. I guess you could make right. the argument because of the surgery, but no, you have to vote no in that. All right. Elliot, stay well, buddy. We'll talk to you perhaps later this week. Thanks, man. All right, sounds good. Talk All to right, you. Elliot Shore Parks.